Welcome to another life-changing message brought to you with the compliments of Touch the Nations Ministries. May you be blessed as you allow the Word of God to touch and transform your life through the following message from Dr. Ben Kleinans. Hallelujah. Well, it's so good to see you. Are you happy? Yes. I'm happy. God is good. Amen. Yes. You know, when I stood there in the foyer this morning, and I was looking at this plaque that we made with some of the statements that's actually our mission statement of why we are here as a household of faith. I know that God has called us to establish the apostolic, bring reformation in the city and this nation and the nations of the world, and that God is doing it through a household of faith, a father-son relationship. And I just looked at our statements again, and there are three things that are very important. Do you know what is our three mission statements? How many of you know? Ah. It's time we should repeat this. We've mentioned it a lot of times, but let me give you the three mission statements. The one is this. We are building His temple. Establishing His kingdom. And the third thing, what we've been busy now the last four or five weeks is restoring the image of the sun. That's what we're busy with. And I tell you what, God has put us on a path of reformation. When we started with this reformation, I did not know that this thing was going to pan out the way that it did. And I try to get away from it because there's other things I'd like to speak, but the Lord is bringing me back to this all the time. And you can see I've got so many notes. Because I, the thing is like everything is just moving up and every time something is just coming alive. And I cannot get away from this thing. And I'm, I'm going to stay with it. Even if I have to repeat things, I'm going to stay with it. Till it kachungs. Till it kachungs. Till it makes sense. Till it becomes a lifestyle. I've had so many people that gives me testimonies, SMSs that speaks to me. It says, since we started with this Reformation word, especially when we touched on the mind and the thoughts that all of a sudden they were tested. The opportunities presented itself. Yes. You know the amazing thing about this season is this. I said it once, I said it a million times. But the fact is this, you don't have the power to accept or reject the word of God. Some people still think that they can live in that dimension. You can't just come to church, receive the word and go back home and take whatever you want for yourself and think you're okay. The fact is this, that God released a specific word through his postman the Koruks, the preacher, the herald of divine truth, that's what that word means, that brings you the truth, decoding the mysteries, that's in the heart of God the Father, bringing that word to you. Now, you're not in a position where you have the privilege, the right to decide what you want to take and what you don't want to take. It's the word that has the power to accept or reject you. So what the word will do is the word will come and test you. He will present you with an opportunity to see whether you've taken that word and made it part of your life. It became a lifestyle. And he will present you with that opportunity to test you to see whether you've applied that word in your life, whether it will manifest through your life. Yes. Amen. Come on, church. Yes. So, the thing is this. God will keep on saying certain things. Until it makes sense to you. And once you understand it, he will come graciously, lovingly, 
and present you with an opportunity where you feel you want to slap this guy now. The Lord said, okay, let me see how you're going to deal with this thing. Yes, I'm also tested. Last time I felt like slapping somebody. Then he stopped at the garage with Simone's car, diesel, and he says to, to the guy, Philip, I mean, if you open up the petrol tank, it's in bold letters, diesel. The guy fills it up with unleaded. I said to Benny, did you slap him? I mean, that's how I felt at that moment. And so I said, what are you doing? I said, no, that's how I feel, but I won't do it. You see, you're presented with an opportunity. Well, luckily, he's one of those guys, I said to him, that was his test too. But he's, he's a person of long suffering, Benny. He's like Marius. I've seen Marius presented with many opportunities in the past where he could slap a few guys around. I remember one night, a time a guy just drove into him. I think he was drunk, full speed. And we asked him, he got back home late at night, said, where were you? No, this guy drove into him. I said, what? what did my, I think my mother and father, I said, what do you do with the guy? No, I took him home. <laughs> you see, God will present you with opportunities. You have to understand. You see, we have to live by the Spirit. And many times that by the Spirit, there will be times when God will come in and He will test you to make sure whether this Word is working in your life. We still struggle with a churchy mentality. Once we leave this place, we disengage ourselves from church life and now we live in a different dimension. Can't work like this. We are church seven days a week, 24 hours a day. We are not just church on a Sunday morning. We are church. We are the church. Every day we are the church. And therefore we have to live by the Spirit. Because the things of the Spirit cannot be discerned by the carnal mind. We say yes. But still, when things happen, the first mode we are in is the flesh. I was there last night. Luckily I don't visit that place that often anymore. That's my wife. I endeavor to live my life by the Spirit. Because it's only the Spirit that understands the things of the Spirit. Carnal mind is enmity against God. It opposes everything that is God. Let me just recap quickly and I'm going to just maybe go on and see where the Lord wants to take us with this thing this morning again. When we started with Reformation, I read to you Leviticus 26, verse 23 and 24. Let me just repeat this because it's important. And if by these things you are not reformed by me, but walk contrary to me, then I also will contrary to you, and I will punish you at seven times for your sins. And I said to you that this is not as much a magnification of the sins, but it is more the fact How serious God is when he talks about the seven times. Of how serious it is that you and I should reform. Now, when the church is out of order and not in proper form, there is a need to reform. Whenever there's a need for reformation, the Lord sends forth apostles. And apostles we know are a finishing anointing. And the apostles come to bring reformation That is why God is once again bringing to the church the grace gift of an apostle that will work at the foundation of the church to make sure that this building that is built is built and founded on the foundation of the Lord Jesus Christ himself. So it's important to understand that reformation, this is to me very important, is the installation of the proceeding word of God in a people. 
Yes? That's why when I spoke about Reformation and we use our scripture in 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 to 6 in the Amplified that says this, For our weapons of our warfare are not physical, weapons of flesh and blood, but they are mighty before God for the overthrow and the destruction of strongholds. Inasmuch as we refute arguments and theories and reasonings and every proud and lofty thing that set itself up against the true knowledge of God and we, 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 we lead every thought and purpose away captive into the obedience of Christ, being in readiness to punish every disobedience when our own submission and obedience as a church are fully secured and complete. You see, the reasonings and the thoughts, as I spoke to you about, is not coming against the things as such of the flesh, the things of the world, whether it's going to rain or it's not going to rain. But the thing that wants to set itself up, that wants to oppose, that causes disobedience in your life, are the thoughts, the minds, the reasoning, the lofty and the proud things that wants to oppose the proceeding word of God. Remember when I spoke about being established in the gospel? The way that we are established in the season, according to Peter, is according to the proceeding word. You cannot be established anywhere else, starting first, but by the word of God. The way that your life are validated, the way that you are authorized, the way that your life comes into effect, because that's what the word established means, is through the proceeding word of God. So that we find that when we speak about reformation, especially the mind and the thoughts, is that we have to understand that in our natural, that we cannot reason out the things of God. And if we through the natural wants to start to reason out, argue, uh, have theories, arguments concerning the proceeding word that God is releasing, we are on very, very dangerous ground. Because now we are at a place where we are opposing the very things of God. You know that scripture that we use so often, that there is therefore no more condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus? Hello? Come on. I'm talking to you. We use that so often, don't we? Okay. But did you know that that scripture qualifies itself? Yes. And we only use half of it. Let me read it to you. Romans 8 verse 1. And I'm reading out of the Amplified. Therefore there is now no condemnation, no judging guilt or wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus. Say amen. Amen. Then it's very important what he says. Who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the So if you're going to live according to the flesh, you will be condemned. You will be judged. It's only when you endeavor to live a life by the Spirit that the Lord says there's no judging anymore, no condemnation for you anymore. That's why it's so important that we have to reform. That we have to bring down, we have to refute arguments. We have to refute theories, reasonings, and every proud and lofty thing that set itself up against the true knowledge of God. We have to lead every thought and purpose away captive into
to the obedience of Christ. We have to punish disobedience. And disobedience, once again, is that which is not obedient to the things of the Spirit. Disobedience, once again, is that which is not obedient to the proceeding word of God that God is releasing in the earth. So reformation, what is it? It's the spiritual, say spiritual, alignment to the order of God. And reformation is to bring back to the original intent. What was God's original intent with man? Come on, you should know this. Adam and Eve lived in the garden how? By faith. No, by obedience. They did not need faith in the garden of Eden. All they needed was obedience. God said, you can eat of everything, but you cannot eat of this. So all God required of Adam and Eve to have a life of totally, fully um, supplied joy, happiness, whatever you want, is to live a life by obedience. That's why God is bringing us back to obedience. That's why the scripture says, through obedience your faith is perfected. So obedience is what? Is a reformation lifestyle. A reformation lifestyle. A reformation lifestyle. It has to become part of who we are, part of our culture to live by obedience. And I'm going to amplify that for you just now. And for us, in order to live by obedience, we have to punish disobedience. Not the Lord Jesus Christ, because the word will come and test you whether you've punished disobedience and the Bible says in Psalm 115, and the word came and he tested Joseph until he's found him, what? Acceptable. So the word will come and test you till the word can find you approved. Till the word can find you acceptable. And how does the word find you acceptable when you live in obedience according to the word? And then I said this, true dominion will never come Till you rule your mind. You know what our apostolic mandate is? What is our apostolic mandate? Genesis 1, verse 26, 27, 28. And God said, let us make man in our image and our likeness. Let them rule, reign, replenish the earth. You can never come into a place of rulership over the earth and in the earth. And come to your full purpose and destiny of what God has for you. If you don't rule this piece of earth first. And the way you rule this piece of earth is not by the flesh. It's by the word of God. Especially the proceeding word of God. That's how it has happened. Can't happen any other way. Can't happen any other way. Listen to this scripture. 2 Corinthians 11 verse 3. But I fear, lest somehow... As the serpent deceived Eve by his craftiness, so your minds may be corrupted from the simplicity that is in Christ. The way that he comes, bringing reasons, arguments, thoughts, every lofty thing that was to set itself above the things of God, the true knowledge of God, he comes through craftiness. Listen, you must understand. The Bible talks about the schemes of the devil. 
He's working schemes and, pl- and plans. He masquerades himself as God. Second Thessalonians 2 4. Sitting in your temple, portraying to be God. He comes as the angel of light. He comes with things that seems to you as true. He comes to you as presenting to you the false as if it's the truth. That's how he comes. He comes with craftiness. And the craftiness, how he comes, is in your mind. He will not tell you to go and commit murder. He will come with questions like this. Did God say? He will bring doubt in your heart. And if you don't know the word, if you don't know the principles, if you don't know the doctrines, you will have doubt in your mind. That's why I've said many times, we have to revisit that which God has given us over the last few years. We have to look at the foundation. We have to inspect to make sure that proceeding word that God gave us, whether it's built into our lives, whether it's become a lifestyle. If it has not become a lifestyle, then it will come with craftiness and it will come with questions. Did the Lord say, what are they doing with this? How are they doing? You know, there will come all kinds of questions and it will start to bring doubt in your heart. Because if you hear and obey the truth, which is the principles of the Word of God, which is doctrine, when you obey those things, there's no reason that they come against it anymore. Then you just start to flow and manifest and do that which the Word says you should do. That's when your whole life starts to change. That's when you start to live by the Spirit and not by the flesh. Now, In other words, in obedience is simplicity. I tell you, this is phenomenal. What is simplicity? It means this, uncomplicated. Some of you are so complicated, you don't even understand yourself. When you wake up in the morning, you look in the mirror, you have to find out, who's this guy standing in front of me this morning? Which one is this? Who are you? What's your name? Remember I said to you, what is a sign of maturity? What is a sign of maturity? Emotional stability. So it will be the same guy that wakes up every morning. The thing is this. If we really get into the things of God, we will find that it's uncomplicated. But what we have done is, through our preaching, through our teaching, We've many times made the things of God complicated. You know why? Because we want to look intelligent. We want to show off. And this season we know we have no reputation. There's transparency, vulnerability. We've got nothing to prove. We're not building our name, our ministry, our church. We're building His kingdom. Establishing His corporate church in the earth. So it's all about you, Jesus. So if it's about him, and we live in obedience, and in obedience is simplicity, then it means this. It's uncomplicated. It's easy. It's effortlessness. It's manageability. I like this one. It's innocence. It's unpretentious. But this one is my favorite. It's wholesomeness. The simplicity that there is in Christ through obedience, by punishing disobedience, 
you will know what it is to live a life that is whole. But what we do is we complicate life for ourselves. And the complication comes through our reasonings. And it comes because we don't want to reform to the order of God, which is the simplicity in Christ, which comes by His proceeding word, the word of God. See how easy this is? It's really easy. So wholesomeness. Ephesians 2 verse 2 says this. In which at one time you walked, and now you'll see we're going to refer back to how we started habitually. Remember when Sonia said, how do people have to pull down strongholds? The Lord showed her that they should change their habits. Here's the scripture. You see, sometimes you say things you don't even know you're right. But here's the scripture. We walked how? The Bible says habitually. So if you want to walk different, what should you do? Change your habit. Change your habits. You were following the course and fashion of this world. In other words, you were under the sway of the tendency of this present age. This present age, I tell you what, is influencing people. The craftiness of the demonic forces comes to the church through the present age. Then says this, following the prince of the power of the air, you were obedient and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience. The careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who go against the purposes of God. Let me read to you 2 Corinthians 10 again. Inasmuch as we refute arguments, theories, reasonings, and every proud and lofty thing that set itself up against the true knowledge of God, and we, we, lead away what? Every thought and purpose. See, now we connect purpose with thoughts. You see that? You must stay with me. It says this. You were obedient to and under the control of the demon spirit that still constantly works in the sons of disobedience. And then he qualifies the careless, the rebellious, and the unbelieving who goes against the purposes of God. So the purpose that works in your life, is it a purpose by the flesh or is it a purpose by the proceeding word, the word of God? So we see there's a lot of words now in this that we used in the previous sessions when we spoke. He talks about habitually. He talks about obedience. He talks about disobedience. And talks about unbelieving. How do you become unbelieving? How do you become ungodly? Remember two sessions back? By not punishing disobedience. So listen. You can be a son of God. Let me rather put it this way. You can be a child of God. And operate as a son of disobedience. Because he, he qualifies the son by obedience or disobedience. He can be a child of God, but a son of disobedience. So we have to punish disobedience. How do we punish disobedience? 
By refuting every argument, every reasoning, every theory, every proud and lofty thing that set itself up against the true knowledge of God. What is the true knowledge of God? His proceeding word. Let's go to Hebrews 4, verse 9 to 12. Amplified. So then there still awaits a full and complete Sabbath reserved for the true people, true people of God. True people of God will always, if you've punished every disobedience, if you come to a place of obedience, you will be at a place of rest because you will function in the simplicity of God. Of who Christ is. For he who has once entered God's rest also has ceased from the, the weariness and pain of human labor just as God rested from those labor, labors but, uh, peculiarly his own. I want to get to this thing. Let us therefore be zealous and exert ourselves and strive diligently to enter that rest. That not one or no one, no one may fall or perish by the same kind of unbelief and disobedience into which those in the wilderness fell. Verse 12. For the word that God speaks is alive and powerful. It is sharper than any two-edged sword penetrating to the divided line of the breath of the life of the soul and the spirit and of joints and marrow. What does it do? It comes exposing and sifting and analyzing and judging. What? The very thoughts Watch this, the one, the second one. The purposes of the heart. So sons of disobedience comes against the purposes of God. And the word of God will come to expose and judge your thoughts and by what purposes you are living. The purpose of the sons of disobedience or the purposes of God. See why reformation is so important? Okay, now we've, we've worked with the mind. We've worked with thoughts. And now we've worked with purposes. But let me connect everything for you and show you where does everything originate in your life? You'd like to know. Very easy. It's the last word of that same sentence. Exposing, sifting, analyzing, judging. The King James says discerning. The very thoughts, purposes of the heart. How many times have I said that God is after your heart? God is after your heart. Watch this. A man's will is governed by his heart. You exercise your choices because of the state and condition of your heart. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. As a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Watch the scripture. Ephesians chapter 1 verse 17 and 18. We've read this in the beginning when I spoke on Reformation. Actually, when I spoke on the, to be established in the gospel, I used the scripture. But watch this. Ephesians 1 verse 17 and verse 18. So we'll always have a struggle 
to punish disobedience if the condition of our heart is not right. Because if you're going to try and punish disobedience, every lofty thing, reasoning, arguments, theories that set itself up, up against the true knowledge of God, if you want to do that in the natural, you're going to struggle. Because you first have to deal with the condition of your heart. That's why people are struggling. The fruit, listen to me, the fruit that we see on your life is the condition of your heart. Because the, out of the condition and state of your heart, that's how you exercise your will and your choices in life. It's not just something that floods in your, in your mind. The thought just floods in your, in your mind. Now all of a sudden you, you decide that's how it is. It was immediately measured against what substance you have in your heart. That's what I've been saying. If the proceeding word, the word of God, doesn't find itself resonating in your life and become a lifestyle, your choices, your heart's condition will be at a place where it's not lined up with the true knowledge of God, which is His word. So the true knowledge cannot manifest through your life. When you make the choice, it will be a wrong choice because the knowledge which is God cannot manifest through your life because you've got no substance in your heart. Yeah. Watch this scripture. Paul says, for I always pray to you, amplified, the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, that he may grant you, see, something that you have to be granted. It's not something that you are born with. It's not something that you get at automatically. It's not something that you were issued with. It's not something that God will just give to everybody or anybody. But that he may grant you a spirit of wisdom and revelation. Amplified says, of insight into the mysteries and secrets in the deep and intimate knowledge of Him. What does disobedience do? Come on. It set itself up against what? The true knowledge of God. So you cannot come and God cannot grant you this spirit of wisdom and revelation if you don't punish disobedience to walk into the true knowledge of God. So, the deep and intimate knowledge of Him. Verse 18, very important. By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. So that you can know and understand the hope to which He has called you. And how rich His glorious inheritance in the saints. He set apart once. Okay. So how do you get wisdom? How do you get revelation? How do you get knowledge of God? By dealing with the condition of your heart. How do you deal with the condition of your heart? By having the eyes of your heart flooded with light. So you have to flood your heart. With what? With light. See, there can be no reasonings. This Lord, the entrance of His Word brings what? Light. Thank you, Jesus. You see how this thing works? So you see, everything that's manifesting through you wants to oppose this thing in the flesh, in the natural. But the way you punish disobedience is by doing exactly that which your flesh wants to oppose, by taking in the light. Forcing yourself not to argue with it. Until your heart is flooded. 
And you see, that's what I just said to you. When your heart is flooded, when you are so full of the word, when you are so full of the proceeding word, that when the choices come, when your will is presented with a choice, it would be impossible for him to make the wrong choices because your heart, which gives you knowledge, insight, wisdom, is so flooded with the word of God that he does not have a choice but to make the right choice. This is how you punish disobedience. Oh, this is the key, guys. This is how you punish disobedience. Disobedience is not a choice that you make to pull down this stronghold that wants to oppose God. No, it is by flooding your heart with the knowledge of God, which is light. That's why the Lord said, go inspect the foundation. Make sure that that which I've given you, that I've given you, this, the proceeding word, that it's built into your life. In other words, you have to flood your life, your heart, with a proceeding word that God has already given us. So, we can only be granted a spirit of wisdom and revelation, of insight into the mysteries and secrets, and the deep and intimate knowledge of God, if or by having... By having, the Bible says, our eyes of your heart flooded with light. How many of you have prayed, Lord, give me a spirit of wisdom and revelation? I've done it many times. Listen, you can pray all you want. It's not going to happen. I've done it. This is a prayer that me and Sonia have been praying for years. Lord, give us a spirit of revelation and wisdom. Do you know how you get revelation and wisdom? Flood your heart with light. Not the opinions of men. Flood your, your heart. With the light. By having, the Bible says, by having the eyes of your heart flooded with light so that you can know and understand. So knowing and understanding. You see the thing, why people many times reason, why they want to reason argues because they don't have full understanding. You will find most of the time people that argue, argue. Because it's people that don't have full understanding. Because if you do have full understanding and knowledge, you will not argue. You will just agree. Because how can you disagree against the knowledge, true knowledge of God? How can you set yourself up? How are you opposed to true knowledge and insight of Him? Which is the ultimate truth. You can't. So if there's reasonings operating, then it means you are deceived. If you start to argue, especially we're talking about the proceeding word, you're deceived. It means that you don't have the knowledge and understanding. And the reason you don't have the knowledge and understanding is because you have not been punishing disobedience in your life. You have not changed your lifestyle habitually punishing disobedience. How do you punish disobedience? By having your heart flooded with light. Listen, that's what the apostolic is about. It's not a wow. It's making sure that people have substance so their lives can be changed forever. So that their fruit on their life will be different. Once again, the fruit on your life is an indication 
of the condition of your heart. That's why the Bible says this. Mark 7 verse 21. For from within, that is, out of the hearts of men, come base and wicked thoughts. First thing, then sexual immorality, stealing, murder, adultery. We always focus on the stealing, murder, adultery, and all the bad things that people do. But the first thing that will manifest in your, in your life with a bad heart is your thoughts. That's what the Bible says. Out of the hearts of men come base and wicked thoughts. But if we now come to a place where we flood our, our hearts with everything that God is, then we will know and understand and make the right choices. I'll just give you this scripture too. Number two, Proverbs 4, verse 23. Very important scripture. Keep and guard your heart with all vigilance and above all that you guard, for out of it flows the springs of life. Your natural life will show us the condition of your heart. Then another scripture, Philippians 4, verse 6 and 7. Do not fret or have any anxiety about anything, but in every circumstance and everything, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, continue to make your wants known to God. Verse 7. And God's peace shall be yours. The tranquil state of a soul, assured of its salvation through Christ. Yes. And so fearing nothing from God and being content, you see the simplicity, with its earthly lot of whatever sort that is, that peace, which transcends all understanding and shall garrison and mount God, watch this, over your hearts. And minds. But now he qualifies it how? In Christ Jesus. So true knowledge of God, understanding of him, uh, coming to a place of, of know and understand, so that he might grant us a spirit of wisdom and revelation. If we could come to that place because of punishing disobedience, every thought, every purpose, Every reasoning, every theories, every lofty thing that set itself up against the true knowledge of God. How? By having the ice of our hearts flooded with the light. Then we are in Christ. And because we are in Christ, He will guard our hearts and our minds. So it's important that you should punish disobedience. So you could come to that place of where the word is tested in your life and you'll not be tested again so that he might come to a place of guarding, garrisoning your heart and mind. So you would live in a, your soul will be in a tranquil state. Remember what I said. Your soul will either mirror your spirit or your flesh. And the reason why the soul could be at a place of peace that transcends all understanding 
It's because you have punished disobedience and because he now guards your heart and your minds in Christ because you've come to a place of obedience in him. Listen to Romans 8 verse 5. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires set their minds and pursue those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit set their minds and seek those things which gratify the Holy Spirit. Now let me show you something. Let me connect that scripture with 1 Corinthians 2 verse 11. Watch this. For what person perceives knows and understands what passes through a man's thoughts except the man's own spirit within him. Just so no one discerns, watch this, comes to know and comprehend the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So if I flip that, watch this. Then if you want to come to a place where you have the thoughts of God in your life, you have to be led by the Spirit of God. Because it's only the Spirit of God that has the thoughts of God. And the Bible says you don't have no need that anybody teach you again. Why? Because you have the Holy Spirit. What can the Holy Spirit teach you or remind you of? Only that which your heart has been flooded with, the light. So if we live by the Spirit, if we live by the Spirit then, then the same Romans 8 says this, again, but those who are according to the Spirit and are controlled by the desires of the Spirit Set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the spirit. Why? Because just so no one discerns or comes to know and comprehend the thoughts of God except the spirit of God. So we live by the spirit. Then we will have the thoughts of God. So let's flip it. If you have arguments, theories, reasonings, Every proud or lofty thing that sets itself up against the true knowledge of God, then it means that you don't live by the Spirit, but you live by the desires of the flesh. So again, what I said, what we'll see the fruit on your life will tell us what the condition of your heart is. Is your heart flooded with, fully flooded with light, or do you live by the flesh? Because your arguments, your reasonings, your thoughts will tell us, the fruit of it will tell us and show us the condition of your heart. Let me just read you this scripture in Romans. I'm going to read the whole Romans 8 to you. I'm going to read it out of the Amplified. It's time we should spend time in the Word of God again, people. Read the Word. Flood your heart with light. Romans 8 verse 1, Amplified. And I'm going to connect this now when it talks about the Holy Spirit, then connect it with the thoughts. 
Okay? Because that scripture says, the thoughts of God, except the Spirit of God. You can have the thoughts of God by the Spirit of God. Okay? So when we're going to read now about the Spirit, think of it as the thoughts. Watch this. Therefore there is now no condemnation, no adjudging guilt or wrong for those who are in Christ Jesus, who live and walk not after the dictates of the flesh, but after the dictates of the Spirit. The what? The thoughts of God. For the law of the Spirit of life, which is in Christ Jesus, the law of our new being, has freed me from the law of sin and death. God wants to punish you for sin if you don't reform. We have to be fully reformed. So if we are fully reformed, that means that we live a life by the Spirit and not a life by the flesh, which is the life of sin. Because the flesh will always miss the mark. You understand? That's what sin means, to miss the mark. Your purposes, your destiny. For God has done what the law could not do. Being weakened by the flesh, the entire nature of man without the Holy Spirit. You see, you live in a weakened state if you live by the flesh. Sending his own son in the guise of sinful flesh and as an offering for sin, God condemns sin in the flesh. He subdued, overcame, deprived it of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. See, this is the entrance. This is the gate. We have to accept the finished work of the cross. And therefore, we accept the fact, if you struggle with minds and thoughts, then you have to understand, it has no power anymore. The only power that it has in your life, I'm talking about wrong thoughts and arguments and reasonings, is because you still live by the flesh and you believe that it's got power over you and you empower it by embracing it. But the finished work of the cross says that the Lord has taken away its power over you. So if, if you live by reasonings and arguments and thoughts, then you are actually weak because you live according to a powerless power. Listen, let me tell you something. Demons are weak. But they get their power through human beings. You actually empower them by yielding to them. The Lord says they've been deprived of its power over all who accept that sacrifice. So it's got no power over you. Don't say I struggle with my mind. It's got a power over me. No, it's got no power. The power that it has is the power that you give it by yielding and responding to it. Verse 4, so that the righteous and just requirements of the law might be fully met in us who live and move, not in the ways of the flesh, but in the ways of the Spirit. Says our lives govern not by the standards and according to the dictates of the flesh, but controlled by the Holy Spirit, which will give us the thoughts of God. For those who are according to the flesh and are controlled by its unholy desires, set their minds on and purpose those things which gratify the flesh. But those who are according to the Spirit are controlled by the desires of the Spirit. Set their minds on and seek those things which gratify the Spirit. Now the mind of the flesh, 
which is sense and reason without the Holy Spirit. You see, your reasonings is without the Holy Spirit. Is death. Death that comprises all the misery arising from sin, both here and hereafter. In other words, that death, if you start to keep on reasoning, the outcome, the fruit on your life will be miseries. But the mind of the Spirit is life and peace, both now and forever. That is because the mind of the flesh, with its carnal thoughts and purposes, is hostile to God. For it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. Yes, like, let me tell you, this is powerful. In other words, if you're not going to live according to the proceeding word of God, you will always be at a place where you want to work against the law of God, God's word. Why? Because the flesh cannot submit. Thoughts and reasonings cannot submit. It always opposes God's law. It's hostile to God, the Bible says. For it does not submit itself to God's law. Indeed, it cannot. In other words, if you're going to keep at that place where you don't punish disobedience, you will be constantly in a place where you cannot submit yourself to the word of God because you cannot. So then those who are living the life of the flesh, catering to the appetites and impulses of the carnal nature, you see your nature is your condition of your heart. Your carnal nature, your mind, operates according to the condition of your heart, which is your nature, which is the fruit that you are bearing. Cannot please or satisfy God or be acceptable to Him. But thank God, you are not living the life of the flesh. You are living the life of the Spirit. Somebody better say Amen. Amen. If the Holy Spirit of God really dwells within you, directs and controls you, but if anyone does not possess the Spirit of Christ, he is none of his. He does not belong to Christ. He is not truly a child of God. But if Christ lives in you, then although your natural body is dead by reason of sin and guilt, why? Because we live according to the Spirit. Verse 1. And it says, The Spirit is alive because of the righteousness that He imputes to you. That's when your life will come to full righteousness. I think there's nothing more clear. Go do a study of that whole passage. Verse 40 says, For all who are led by the Spirit of God are the sons of God. Go make a study of that whole Romans 8. And you will realize that if you sit with arguments, reasoning, thoughts, and all those things, that you're actually living a powerless life. And you give power to something that's already been rendered powerless. And the reason you do it is because your heart is not flooded with light. 
which is the word of God, which is his thoughts, his mind, his principles, his doctrines over you, his prophecies over you. But if you have your heart flooded, then it means that you will punish every disobedience, everything that will set itself up against the true knowledge of God. And you will come to a life of obedience and you will be fully secured and complete according to 2 Corinthians 10 verse 4 to 6. And now, because you've come to a place of being fully secure and complete because you live a life of obedience, because you've punished disobedience through your heart being flooded with the true knowledge of God, living by the thoughts of God, having the mind of Christ, now you've come to a place where you live a life of rest because of the peace of God that sits in your heart and your mind. Watch this last scripture, Isaiah 26 verse 3. If you've come to that place, the Lord says this, you will guard him and keep him in perfect and constant peace whose mind both its inclination and its character, your nature, is stayed on you because he commits himself to you, leans on you, and hopes confidently in you. Well, the whole scripture says this. If we still have reasoning, thoughts, arguments that set itself against the knowledge of God, then we want to be in control because we don't lean on him. We lean on ourselves. But if we could come to that place, we say, Lord, I want my life, my heart to be flooded, truly flooded with your knowledge and understanding of who you are. I'm going to live by the word of God, study the word of God, make sure that my heart's condition is changed. And the moment your heart's condition is changed because of the word of God, you will start to exercise the right thoughts because now you have the mind of Christ and therefore the fruit on your life, the condition of your nature will have to change because of the condition of your heart that is flooded with light. This is reformation. 2 Corinthians 4, 4, For the God of this world has blinded the unbeliever's mind that they should not discern the truth preventing them from seeing the illuminating light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image and likeness of God. The last dimension to this thing is this. When your heart is fully flooded with light, illuminating light, the Bible says, of the gospel of the glory of Christ, then it says, who is the image and likeness of God. That means that you will eventually come back to the place of Genesis chapter 1, verse 26, 27, 28, where we created in the image and the likeness of Him. Now what the people will see when they look at you, they'll see the image and likeness of God walking in the earth again. Amen. Yes, amen. So the scheme, the craftiness of the devil is to blind your mind. Then he calls you the unbeliever's mind that you should not discern the truth. In other words, you cannot see the proceeding word. You don't understand the proceeding word because you want to reason it out with your carnal mind. That's why it keeps you at a place of unbelieving. But the moment you surrender and you allow your heart to be flooded, we will once again see the image and the likeness of Him walking the earth.
Amen? Because now you have the mind of Christ. Because you are one spirit. 1 Corinthians 6, 17. But he who unites himself with the Lord is one with him in spirit. Now we'll see you walking in the spirit. In the spirit. And because you walk in the spirit, it means that you are united with him. And we'll see his image, his likeness manifest in and through you. Hallelujah. 1 John 4, 4, last verse. You, dear children, are from God. And I have overcome them because the one who is in you is greater than the one who is in the world. Listen, you are overcomers. You are overcomers. But the fact is still this. You have to punish every disobedience. You have to pull down strongholds. You have to deal with everything that set itself up against the true knowledge of God. You have to deal with it. You have to deal with it. How do you deal with it? By having your heart flooded. Thank you for listening to this message. If you would like to find out more about Touch the Nations Ministries or inquire about the resources available from this ministry, please contact them at admin at ttn.co.za or visit their website at ttn.co.za. May God bless you as you grow from strength to strength in His infallibly magnificent Word.